When there's an issue, Scott is all in on getting to the heart of it. This is Hamilton Today with Scott Thompson. On Hamilton's News, today's talk. 900 CHML. We've certainly known what's happened with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and how that has uh, changed the post-pandemic recovery of where the world is, uh, setting another uh, uh, event, I guess, uh, on the world stage that uh, everybody has to deal with, whether it's military, whether it's uh, supplying aid or or what have you uh, to help Ukraine. Uh, Canada's military forces are ready to meet their commitments should Russia's war in Ukraine spread to NATO countries, but it would be a challenge to launch a larger scale operation in the long term, said Chief of Defense Staff General Wayne Iyer, uh, recently saying that uh, his larger concerns about strategic readiness, he said the lack of people and equipment uh, and further uh, and further concern around the ability to sustain a larger scale mission in the longer term are a concern. Uh, They've been struggling to retain staff, the Canadian Armed Forces, nearly 10,000 fewer trained personnel uh, than when they're at full strength. Uh, And, you know, all the basic challenges that we're seeing uh, as well. I are saying Canada's military would be hard pressed to launch another large scale operation like it had in Afghanistan, for example, without having to redistribute its resources from around the world. What does that mean as we move forward? What does it mean with the Russian invasion of Ukraine as it drags on and continues into the winter? Let's bring in Arl Brown, Professor International. National Relations and Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs at the University of Toronto and is with us now. Oral, as always, thanks for the time. I hope you're well. Thank you. My pleasure. Uh, anything new here, Oral? Um, obviously, uh, the Canadian Armed Forces are needing personnel like pretty much every industry is in Canada. Uh, are we ready if needed on the world stage and considering what's happening with Ukraine and Russia? I think our chief of staff was extremely diplomatic and saying that we can meet certain commitments, but we have a strategic problem. I think the reality is that we're barely hanging in. Our armed forces have been run down. Uh, we are short of personnel. We are short of equipment. Our cupboards are largely bare. We tried to help Ukraine, but there's only so much we can take out from our supplies. We are trying to buy equipment from elsewhere to supply the Ukrainians. We need to rebuild deterrence we are a large, powerful, influential country in the world with a minuscule armed force where our defense expenditures are way below even the limited 2% guideline that was agreed upon back in 2014. So I think uh, we have to carefully re-examine what the grand strategy is, how do we rebuild deterrence, how do we meet our commitment to our allies, and how do we protect ourselves in the north. Many were questioning what, in fact, we were sending to Ukraine. Some said that it was outdated or, or old military uh, uh, equipment that we weren't in use of anymore. Is this an opportunity for us to scale up here? It is both an opportunity and, I would argue, a necessity. We have to realize that we live in a geopolitical environment where there are very major threats. I wish it weren't so. One would think that by the 21st century, humanity would have learned from the tragedy or the futility of armed conflict, but we haven't. And so it is not the world the way we wish it to be. We have to deal with the world the way it is. And the way it is, uh, sadly, uh, we witness that in Ukraine. We see the threats that China is posing to Taiwan. 
in the South China Sea. We can see environmental threats from energy exploration in the Arctic by Russia. And we have to deal with all of those threats, whether they are political, economic, and military. But there is that military component. And we cannot, sadly, get around that. We have to spend the money. We are now buying, or we are on the verge of buying F-35s, which are advanced stealth aircraft. I think that was the right decision. I argued for it before parliamentary committees that we should not buy some new version of the F-18. We need fifth-generation fighters. That's a step in the right direction. We need more naval capacity. We need power projection capacity. Uh, this isn't the first time we've had this discussion, Oral. We've been having it, it seems, for decades. Um, you're talking about buying, purchasing of planes, helicopters, whatever. It seems we've been debating this uh, forever uh, to the point where even we're looking at you stuff from other countries. Um, is it time for us? It seemed for a while there we were just going to be peacekeepers. This is all we needed to do after the Cold War was over. But clearly uh, that has changed again. Will we see Canada get back to where it was, say, around the, the time of the Second World War and such? I, I do not know if we can go back quite to that level because uh, that involves a kind of cost factor that would be very difficult to implement. But I think those who advocated uh, for Canada to become just a peacekeeper, I think they really need to uh, re-examine that advice because it turns out that it was pretty poorly thought out advice that we need to have hard power that is usable, that is viable, that is commensurate with our international standing and our international commitments. We are not uh, protected by oceans the way we imagined it to be. We live in a globalized system with geopolitical competition. We are a northern state, so we have the Arctic as well as the Pacific and the, and the uh, Atlantic uh, oceans. So we're looking uh, uh, in many directions, and uh, we cannot do it with a minuscule armed force. As much as our troops uh, are very well trained, they are highly respected, but there are not enough of them. They need to have equipment. You can't have an air force where the planes are older than the pilots. Hmm. Are we ready to have this discussion now, Oral? We better have that discussion. If we're not ready now, uh, we will have to have it later on when we might be at a very significant disadvantage. This is why it's so essential, and we talked about it on your show, that we have to recognize that Western deterrence has failed. If it had been successful, Russia would not have invaded. We had warned Russia not to invade. They uh, did not uh, listen to uh, United States and collective NATO. We need to rebuild that deterrent. The ideal uh, situation is where we do not have to fight a war, where we can avoid a conflict by demonstrating to the other side the futility of engaging in attack against us, uh, which is highly unlikely, but uh, against our allies, which is much more likely. We are allied with the Baltic states. The Baltic states are very concerned that, especially if Vladimir Putin somehow turns the situation around Ukraine, and he emerges uh, successfully by some kind of imposed negotiation, he might go up to the Baltic States next, and we are defending the Baltic States. 
Arl Brown with us. Arl Brown with us, Professor of International Relations, Senior Member of the Monk School of Global Affairs, University of Toronto, Canada's commitment to NATO and what we'd need to do to reinforce our military. Arl, as always, thanks for the time. Be well. Thank you. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.